Alright, hello and welcome to the week 9 review of the Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, Punt the QB Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Rick Navalani, here with me is Tim Singer. We are drinking some beers, uh, talking some football. Uh, but we want to just kick it right off. Tim, what are we drinking today? <laughs> we are drinking Erdinger Oktoberfest. I would like to say that it's something I've been meaning to try or know something about, but I clearly don't, seeing as I barely even know the name. But uh, I'll be honest with you and everybody that's listening, I went to Woodman's, and they had a case labeled Oktoberfest beer, and I grabbed a six-pack of something we haven't tried yet. Yes. And um, it's not bad. I mean, it's brewed in Bavaria, and it's an Oktoberfest beer, so why not go straight to the source? Yeah. But I'm not going to pretend to know anything about it, but... uh, (laughs) Other than the fact that it's it's at Woodman's, so it's a yeah. It's, there you it's go. A, it's an easily accessible beer right now. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into uh, what was a very bizarre week of week nine football. A lot of a uh, lot of upsets and a lot of like big upsets too. But let's get into the headlines before we start talking about these games. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy week. Um, not luckily for us and everybody else in the fantasy football landscape, there wasn't a hell of a lot of headlines. Mm-hmm. So knock on wood. Um, I I, I guess we'll lead off with the. Uh, I guess the proverbial weekly, these two running backs are hurt slash not going to yep. play. Um, it test, It actually came out today that Nick Chubb tested positive for COVID. Now, the ca- caveat is he is vaccinated, so he does the proverbial needs two negatives in 24-hour span. Mm-hmm. But since this all started, no player has tested positive on Tuesday and played Sunday. Yeah, I think that's probably a safe assumption to say that he's not going to play. Um, and I think that falls into um, if Dearness Johnson... Is is out there and available? I, I don't know what you're waiting for. Because um, he every single time he he plays when 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 he gets the opportunity, he seems to do good things. Yeah, you know it's frustrating for me. You know, every, you know everybody listening knows that he was my first Trump pick in our main mm-hmm. league, and coming off a great week for me, got a nice statement win, and to catch this on 14 carries at 137 yards and two touchdowns. That's all it took him was 14 carries. Yeah. He was awesome. That's exactly what you expect out of your first round pick. And to have this pop up is just frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. Dearness Johnson, um, because Chubb came back, his ownership rate fell to 45% in ESPN. Mm-hmm. So if you happen to be in one of those leagues, obviously scoop him right away and make him your number one priority. Yeah. Because we saw what happened when both Chubb and Hunt were out. He excels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was probably one of the top top running backs that whole week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, it was great. It's just frustrating for guys who have Nick Chubb. He yeah. finally did everything you asked him to do. He probably carried you to victory last week. And then we're back on And again. we're back, we're back, back to back. COVID. <laughs> just another reminder, here we are, you know, two mm-hmm. years into two weeks to stem the curve, and another guy's testing positive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, brought it up, uh, our weekly running back is hurt segment. Chase Edmonds left uh, early on in that, that Arizona first game. First play, after the first play yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah, I know you know. I know. Um, yeah, I got to love those zeros in your lineup. But uh, it came out that he has a high ankle sprain, so he's expected to miss multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, um, which, of course, led to James Conner day. Yeah, it was know. a good day for James Conner. Dear Lord. But, uh, yeah, no, another one of those running backs that you were starting most every week mm-hmm. and cross him off for a while. Yeah. Can't drop him. You know, yeah, but just stash him, stash him hopefully on IR, have an IR, you have an spot, IR spot. You know, um, one more injury news before we get to some of the uh, free agent things. Uh, Sam Darnold. I, I know most people at no point were starting him this mm-hmm. week. You know, that 3-0 and start was long gone by this point. 
He has a fractured right scapula, so he's expected to miss several weeks. It is in his throwing shoulder. So the P.J. Walker era has begun in Carolina. Cool. (laughs) I don't don't know. I mean, like, what I I mean, Sam Darnold was playing some pretty bad ball. I mean, P.J. PJ Walker, when he was coming in in substitution of him, didn't seem like he was uh, lighting the world on fire either. But, I mean, hey, maybe we'll see. Yeah, all the goodwill and positive vibes that Matt Rule had built up with the Panthers Mm -hmm. being better than expected last year with Teddy B and... The way they started 3-0 and, and everybody was calling them Cam Darnold, everything, that is all long gone. Yeah. that This team, even with CMC back, looks completely out of sorts. Yeah. And it's a shame. Yeah. Because at, at, at this point, a team that most people were excited about or could exceed expectations, maybe sneak into that seven seed, mm-hmm. um, they're going nowhere. Well, yeah, again. when you were talking about starting at 3-0 and and um, the defense looked really good. And then they just got exposed as a team that was 3-0 because they played against subpar teams. I mean, and a Saints team that they just caught off guard. Yeah, and that's the thing is, too, if if you're one of those guys who had been flourishing early on with DJ Moore, and, and, and you know, it's kind of a shame because he's taken him, you know, Darnold's taken DJ Moore down with him. Yeah, I know that, uh, I know that the person that has DJ Moore in our league has been very eagerly shoppering around yeah, for yeah, a couple Yeah, I, of weeks I definitely now. got a, an, a, an offer in my inbox yes, as well. Yes, didn't we all? <laughs> yes, I think we all did, yeah. <laughs> Um, and um, speaking of wide receivers, uh, our guy, oh, our guy, <laughs> OBJ has officially cleared waivers. Yeah. I know he tweeted out that Green Bay was on his wish list. I know C- Seattle was talking about it, too. So yeah. He's got some teams Well, we'll see, but he's officially him. cleared waivers. So mm-hmm. it's something to keep an eye on because we know what he can do. And if he connects a team with a team that is in desperate need of receiver a la Green Bay, I think that would be a great fit. I brought that up, I think, last week that, mm-hmm. you know, to put him next to Devonta Adams could look really good for Rodgers. Yeah, but I think also he, he said that he wants to go to a contender, which obviously Green Bay is. Um, but you also have to think, what, what exactly is his vision of what his role is on those teams? Because if you think you're going to, like, start hawking a bunch of receptions away from Devontae Adams... I think you're you're sorely mistaken. Well, and that's the thing is, if you want to talk about Seattle, what would he do in Seattle? Well, same thing. I mean, they've but got Lockett and they've I understand. got it's the DK same, Metcalf. It's and... the same thing either way. But I just don't know where he's think what like what it what is he what is he looking for? Because Cleveland at five and four is still right there in that division in the hunt for that division. Absolutely. So if you don't want to if you don't want to be there because maybe circumstances were a certain way and stuff, but if it's because you're not getting enough reps, I don't know where exactly on a really good competitive team you're thinking you can go and get reps yeah this whole thing has been weird because when he right away came out i want to go to a contender dude you were on a contender yeah i mean what else i mean there's 32 teams in the league i think he just wants to go to 14 make it to the playoffs i think he wants to go to a contender that likes to throw the ball and would like to throw the ball to him but, but I mean, you know, like I said, like our guy, and, and we'll talk about Deshaun Jackson. He he wanted out from the Rams, and that mm-hmm. was another one of those. Well, where the hell do you think you're going to go? Well, I, I mean, he tweeted it out, and they've been confirmed by their GM. Deshaun Jackson has gone to the Raiders. Um, do you have any interest in him, or no? Um, no. I mean, obviously, if you had to do like a spot start or something, if you had to find somebody off of waivers and go ahead and and you wanted to take a shot on him compared to other people that are out there, if uh, the well is kind of dry in the receiver market. Go ahead, be my guest. I just, I mean, I just don't. It's a, it is not even, it's not even a boom or a bust. It is literally like an average week or 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 a zero. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I can't see a scenario in which I would want him on my roster, mm-hmm. even in the deepest leagues, because even if he does have that one out of every three weeks, he goes off. 
it'll be on your bench. Yeah. So I, I, I hear you. I, I don't... He's going to find out the hard way that life's not, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, 14 of 32 make the playoffs. Yeah. And between OBJ and Deshaun Jackson, they just left two contenders. Yeah. Where do you think you're going? Yeah, exactly. So, and, I, I mean, hopefully it, by Friday's show, we know where OBJ is and we'll mm-hmm. see. If he lands with Green Bay, I think that's a great situation. If he lands with, I, I don't, I mean, like the Bengals, he's fourth in the order, or the Seahawks, where he's third in the order. I mean, there's there's no room in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I, do, yeah, do I you think is it a Belichick move to bring him into New England? No, I mean maybe I mean, maybe he's I, brought in Ocho Cinco before. That would be you know. an interesting. That would be definitely an interesting thing because you definitely have a lot of receivers. You have a couple of receivers there that just uh, that have potential, but they just never seem to bust out. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, like I said, by Friday's show, we'll have an answer on that. So mm-hmm. no need to spend more time on that. Let's get right to it. It was absolute bizarro week. Yeah, if you're one of those teams that likes to bet the dogs, good for you. You yeah. cleaned up. the The underdogs this week went ten and four against the spread, mm-hmm. and six of them won straight up, mm-hmm. including a fourteen and a half point underdog Jaguar team, a ten point underdog Denver team, a Tennessee team that was a seven point dog. And Atlanta was a six and a half point dog. Mm-hmm. All one straight up. Well, you know, with the the last like what I think four out of the last five weeks, like majority of of favorites were covering and winning like outright and co- you know like not just covering like not just winning outright but covering and covering handily in a lot of those games. Yeah, we were talking about how so, Dallas was seven and zero yeah. against the spread. And yeah, so I mean, uh, it was one of those things where uh, eventually. You know the 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 market has to correct itself. You know what yeah. I mean? As they say, I the just stock put, market. I mean, who saw? Like I said, how many times have you seen that many double digit or touchdown plus underdogs straight up win? Yeah, no. And we're not even talking. I mean, you know, Jacksonville won nine to six. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's get right into that. The biggest surprise of the day: the fourteen and a half point underdog Jaguars won nine to six over the Bills. Yeah, Josh Allen, the uh, Jacksonville defender was better than Josh Allen, the quarterback. And uh, it was an NFL record. Like, a Josh Allen, had, somebody with the same name never sacked somebody else with the same yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, they and kept talking about that. And it's another zone. record because the, the same, because he also had a fumble recovery from Josh Allen, and he also had an interception from Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if I told you Friday that Josh Allen will be the star of this game, you'd be like, yeah, yeah we, okay. we get it. Yeah, but and you're like, not that Josh no, Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen of the Jaguars hit the trifecta. You nailed it. Sacked Josh Allen, intercepted Josh Allen, and recovered, recovered a Josh Allen fumble. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I don't, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I think this is, this was a, a, t- a game that just came up and bit everybody. You're talking about people got knocked out of survivor pools. People got, people got knocked out all over the place. This is just this was this was a bloodbath for people yeah. that were that were jumping all over Baltimore. This whole week I mean, was I, I can't remember between you know our two main fantasy leagues and the DFS mm-hmm. as I did. I can't remember scores being this low mm-hmm. across the board because you think of how many people rely on you know Buffalo Bills. We even said it no, eight out of nine weeks it rings true where you start everybody. We mm-hmm. we sang its praise to start everybody in the Bills and. They tore everybody down with the scores were down, yep. and that's the thing is even in this game, I mean, you can't even find guys that really excelled in this game. I mean, Josh Allen had probably had one of his worst as a pro. Mm-hmm. Two sixty four, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He did have fifty yards rushing, but lost another fumble, so three turnovers on his end. Mm-hmm. And they made no attempt to run the ball, even though they were never down big and they were playing the Jaguars. I mean, Devin Singletary had six attempts for sixteen yards. And Zach Moss had three for six. Well, this 
isn't anything to say this is why you lost the game. They don't they don't try to run the ball at no, all. No, anyway. I'm just saying if there was ever going to be a spot to get it right or to yeah. give it a shot, it was the Jaguars, mm-hmm. was it not? Yeah. You know, I it, it just and that's the thing is nothing else really stands out too much from this game for me. I mean, keep an eye on Zach Moss. He is in concussion protocol, but then again, how many people are relying on him anyway? Yeah, no, nobody should be relying on no. him at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, um, the, the receivers. Uh, the Buffalo receivers, I mean, they put up points as for PPR. As best as, best as you can. PPR, they yeah. put up points. Because there was best, no touchdowns. As best as you can, like, asterisk, as best as you can without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's the thing is, I it, even for the Jags, I I mean, I, I've been talked about it in the preview show. Dan Arnold, he had four catches, 60 yards. So, factually speaking, he had his fourth straight double-digit game. Mm-hmm. He led the team in receiving at 60 yards, and that's the team that won the game. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and and forgive me for saying nothing else to see here. No, it really wasn't. I mean, obviously, um, this game just basically falls on the fact that Josh Allen turned over the ball as much as he did because he turned over the ball twice that turned into field goals. And then you lose that game. I mean, it's unbelievable. It just, it's a shock. It's a shock. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, fantasy-wise, there is nothing else to talk or see about here. No, not at all. And, and from one huge shock to the other huge shock – Covering Teddy B and the Denver Broncos beat Dallas thirty to sixteen, and and that doesn't even do its service. They were up thirty to nothing before they called off the dogs, mm-hmm. and inexplicably McCarthy left a came into the game hurt Dak Prescott in, in in what was garbage time. I don't care what you want to say. Okay, I know they came down and got sixteen points. You weren't going to come back and win that game. There's like two minutes left. Mm-hmm. What did you think was going to happen? Well, he, he had to pad some some Dak stats. I mean, he's got Dak on his fantasy team, I'm sure. Something. I mean, like I said, they were all screaming for the rooftops, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is Dallas had looked so good. You know, they won with Cooper Rush in Minnesota. They had looked so good at all year. They It was the whole gambling immovable force versus, like I said, we talked about the Cowboys being 7-0 against the spread mm-hmm. versus covering Teddy B. Yes. I mean, and well, I got to tell you, this is, this is what happens when you have, like, you always see this. You see teams that lose um, important players um, to injuries and stuff like that. And they usually rise up to the occasion and cover or win outright. Um, this was like, hey, we traded um, one of our cornerbacks, our rookie cornerback, to get and some Vaughn picks. Fudging and Miller. Vaughn Miller to get some picks. And and I think you just saw this Denver team just totally responded. And you talk, And a Dallas team that just came out completely flat. I mean, yeah. they didn't. I mean, at least said thirty to nothing, and like I said, it wasn't like thirty to nothing. Well, at least they're moving the ball. Dallas wasn't doing much no, of anything. Not at all. They did nothing well. Um, I mean, for Denver's sake, uh, Teddy B got you two forty nine, a passing and a rushing touchdown. Melvin Gordon, he will not secede to Javante Williams. I mean, eighty yards rushing. A touchdown, two catches, fifteen yards. Did you know he's RB fifteen on the season? Uh, I know he was up there. I didn't know he was RB fifteen. I knew he was in the top twenty. Yeah, I double checked it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, because he's and, scoring all the touchdowns. Javante Williams only has like two touchdowns. I think. Yeah, I mean, Javante Williams got one hundred eleven yards rushing. Hey, so I still say, and I, I, I think that we're. I think that even though Melvin Gordon is RB fifteen, I still say rest of the season, who's got the the bigger. Um, arc going up, I think it's Javante. Yeah, I feel like if you've got a Melvin Gordon, this is the week to try to trade him. Yeah. You know, sell high. Um, And and that's the thing is, you know, Tim Patrick had the 44-yard receiving touchdown. Judy led the team in targets, eight catches, eight targets, six catches, 69. Cortland Sutton, since Judy came back, or at least the last two games, 
has a whopping three catches in the last two games. So something to worry about? Where everyone was like, well, put Patrick on your bench because Judy's back. Well, it's like, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Patrick so. isn't the guy that's... Uh... And that's the thing is, Noah Fant didn't even play in this game. But you know what? This is yeah. the same thing that happened last year. Last year they had Judy and... Well, this year they had Judy and Sutton and Hamler and Hinton and... And, you know, just add all kinds of people in there and stuff like that. And then there was Tim Patrick just last year, which was that same guy, just kept kind of walking in and, and putting up some points, you know, and getting a touchdown here and there and stuff like that. And he's pretty much been doing the same thing all this year. He's been pretty good. I mean, on the uh, the Dallas side of things, I mean, yeah, you just kind of hopefully chalk this one up as a as a as just an off week and, and come back locked and loaded because they're stacked on offense there's no way they're going to keep doing that no it was an off week i didn't Hmm. even want to talk about dallas because all their points came in garbage time Hmm. i mean malik turner had five catches 33 yards and two touchdowns all in the fourth quarter yeah i never even before before yesterday i i had no interest or desire to even know no i had to go to the depth chart to find his name um but here's the thing about dallas in this game it was a blip on the radar. All the points came in garbage time. You still start everybody going forward. Yeah, there's there's still the there's still the uh, the leader in the NFC East. They're still going to win the NFC. Oh, East. absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that they, last week. They could win two more games and probably still win the NFC. Yeah, that the the let's face it, the NFC East is over. Mm-hmm. And probably the best game of the noon slate, Baltimore came back and beat Minnesota 34-31 in overtime. The Vikes were up 24-10 in the third quarter. The Vikings are a team this year that just finds ways to lose games. I mean, they had Arizona beat, they had Cincinnati beat, they had Baltimore beat now. I mean, they had, last week against Dallas was a game that they, was it was set up for them to win, and they still, they crapped the bed that game too. I mean, you're talking about, that's four games I just mentioned right there that they lost, where they should have won. Not could have won, should have won yeah, those games. absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing. All I keep hearing in my head is Denny Green saying they are who we thought they were. Yeah, but I mean, the <laughs> Minnesota isn't even who we thought they were. Like, it's like, well, who, what are you guys doing? Like, well, you, I mean, you see flashes of them putting up these. That's one thing. That's one thing. Like, we we thought they were in in the damn a, a Jekyll and Hyde team that you don't know who's showing up every week, and that's what you got. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, they showed flashes of good, mm-hmm. and they showed flashes of bad. I, I mean, on a team that has Delvin Cook. You couldn't put the Ravens away. Yeah. I mean, that just blows me away. And, and let, you know, let's talk about it. First, you know, got to give credit to Baltimore for coming back. Lamar, I mean, if he can stay upright the whole year, he's your MVP. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of love for Kyler Murray. You can't ignore the fact that they're 8-1. Stafford's putting up career numbers. Tom Brady is the ageless wonder. But what Lamar is doing for his team, you can't ignore it. Yeah, he's basically has that team on his back. Um, and, yeah. I mean, he's he's literally carrying that whole team. Yeah, 266, three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, 21 rush attempts for 120 yards. You have yourself a quarterback and a running back in one player. Mm-hmm. Like classic Michael Vick back in the day. Hey, he, he's, one of, he's one of the guys I bet on for MVP. I honestly, uh, you know, like I kept saying he wasn't going to be able to keep this up all year, but if he does... There's no reason why he's not a top three MVP candidate. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I like I said, top one. I, I mean, mm-hmm. nobody does more for his team. If you want to use the literal definition of MVP, mm-hmm. nobody does more for his team than Lamar does. Yeah, true. And true. And, and you know, like I said, the, the usual suspects eight. Hollywood Brown nine catches, hundred sixteen yards. Mark Andrews he got five for forty four, a little bit of a letdown, but he did mm-hmm. have ten targets. He'll be fine going forward. I did want to highlight Rashad Bateman. 
mm-hmm. um, who has been really good since you know coming back. And I wrote it down. I was going to bring it up in the waiver segment, but I'll go ahead and hit it now. Rashad Bateman, who's only owned in 24% of ESPN leagues, has 20 targets in the last three games. Yeah. I mean, you can't ignore that. No, he's getting he's getting the looks, and he's a rookie that's just came off of uh, what the pup list and stuff like that. He he's got it. You know, like if he's getting this amount of targets now as a rookie, he's only going to get better. Absolutely, and he's only going to see more targets. Um, I mean, you couldn't even. And we keep telling you you can't trust any of these Ravens running backs, but at this point, if you just need some average points, it seems like everybody's doing it. I mean, you got both of the guys, what uh, Devontae Freeman and. Uh, and and Le'Veon Bell both had decent you know numbers. If you're talking about as somebody that you just had to put in there because you just had a you know nobody. To put yeah, yeah. There. If if you've got Joe Mixon as one of your starters, he's on a bye this upcoming mm-hmm. week. Consider throwing Devonta Freeman out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing is they should be able to run better as a running back because at any given time those linebackers have to freeze waiting for Lamar to pull the ball back. Yeah, you know, uh, for the Minnesota side of the game. Kirk Cousins started off hot. He had 187, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, 25 fantasy points. Dalvin, 110 yards rushing. I mean, Justin Jefferson, three for 69, a 50-yard touchdown, plus 11 yards rushing. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the fact that these guys keep losing and they're putting up fantasy, good fantasy numbers, I just, it's... It's just it's just frustrating. Oh, absolutely. I can see how I can, I am so thankful to be a Bears fan and know what you have, as opposed to have a Vikings fan and have absolutely no idea what's going yeah, on. And factually speaking, Kirk Cousins that three year mega deal hmm. all guaranteed it expires after this year. Yeah, well, you know, and but on top of that, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this: Minnesota is the seventh best team in the NFC. There yeah. is no reason that this team They'll should get that not by be the seventh seed. But yeah. you know who is the seventh seed right now? If the playoffs were to start today, the Atlanta Falcons. Dear Lord. Yeah. So I, let's get into they'll that find, game. They'll find a way to lose it. Let's get into that game, Tim. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. One more thing real quick. I did tell everybody Tyler Conklin would go over his receptions and his receiving yards, and he did both. He didn't do it by a mile, but he did both. So if he took my advice, hopefully he made some money on it. But you're right. Let's get right into it. Atlanta 27, New Orleans 25. Neither team wanted to win this game. No, this was this was a game that it was like this was a game that like New Orleans had a lead. Well, Atlanta had the lead. New Orleans came back, and then they they crapped it away. I mean, that that game that catch at the end of the game with Cordero Patterson. I mean, oh my god! Just talk about all you have to do is cover the outside. You know what I mean? Like all you have to do is cover is cover like the deep ball or the outside ball so they can't move down the field. And you gave up, not only did you give a ball up on the outside, then you didn't tackle me, ran like 40 yards down the field to get into field goal range, and then the game was over. Yeah, absolutely. If you had enough foresight to start Matt Ryan, good for you. Mm-hmm. 343, two passing touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown, which he never gets you. Yeah. Awesome day for Matt Ryan if you had the foresight to start him. The Atlanta running backs, I know I joke about Mike Davis, they had 23 yards combined rushing. That's it. Yeah. Like I said, and when you combine the, you know, even Cordero Patterson, the star of the game, mm-hmm. 126 yards receiving, 10 yards rushing, still had two fumbles lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did everything they could give this game away. Yeah. And Taysom was ready, and Sean Payton's like, nah, I'll go with Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that decision cost them the game, but Atlanta did everything they could to give this one away, and they still... You know they still found a way to win. Yeah, it like man, it just man when when Atlanta 
When Atlanta doesn't lose games and it's close like this, man, it hurts me. Well, like you said, <laughs> the, the, the catch to Cordell, that, that was yeah. what won him the game. Was yeah. the, the catch for Cordell and that got him in the field goal range. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I pat myself on the back now? I said if you were going to pick an Atlanta receiver, I said to pick up Omedis Zacchaeus. And he had two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'll pat myself on the back on that one. I mean, it was only three catches, but, I mean, he did have two touchdowns. And as he was, every single time he caught it, I was like, I told, I told everybody. Yeah, and that's the thing. I told everybody. Who was last week's quote-unquote star from the receiver court? Tajay Sharp. Yep. He had one catch. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, even like Russell Gage, you know, Yahoo's trying to sell, oh, go out and get Russell Gage for your waivers. Why? Yeah. Because next week it'll be somebody else. Yep. You know? I mean, that's the thing. From the New Orleans side, Kamara did Kamara things. 50 yards rushing, 54 yards receiving, a rushing touchdown. But I did say last week, there's another one. I I said take Ingram under the rushing yards. And that came in because it was 50 and it was like 78. Yeah, but I I tell you what, though. And and I'm not – let me preface this. Kamara is a first-round pick, a solid set-and-forget running back. Mm -hmm. But I'm a little worried about him because Taysom Hill's back. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, t- and uh, Winston's out. <laughs> and Winston's out, and, and he loved checking down to Taysom Hill's back, so he might vulture some of those rushing touchdowns. Plus, since Ingram got there, it's kind of been a split, mm-hmm. even this past week. Now, I know Kamara got the catches, but Kamara had 13 rush attempts, Ingram had nine. Kamara had four catches, Ingram had five. It, it, it's, it's almost a timeshare. Mm-hmm. So I'm not advocating for ever sitting Kamara. But maybe woe that thing a little bit. Yeah. And plus, if somehow you're in a league where Mark Ingram's available, go get him. Mm. We brought it up last Friday. Go get him. Mm-hmm. You know. And and I don't know what else we can say about this game. Yeah, I know. I don't want to tell you anything else about this game. All right, so when we talk about these upsets and the big spreads and stuff like that, well, here's another upset. The Giants, 23. The Raiders, 16. Once again, the Vegas Raiders will bite you when you're ready to sell on them and when you're and they'll bite you when you're ready to buy on them. Yeah, that's the thing whether it's gambling or fantasy wise, you don't know what you're getting from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating because when you count them out, they look mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And when you expect good things, they look like crap. Yep. In fact, the very first touchdown of Sunday was the Giants. Mm-hmm. That goes to show you was the Daniel Jones to Mar- uh, Evan Ingram 30-yard well, touchdown. Daniel Jones and the Giants are some are one of the better teams on the opening drives, they always seem to keep moving down the field and doing. And then that's it. Yeah, and finding ways to do stuff. And it's like, and then that's it. Usually, I mean, not this game because they just no. They kept... actually won this one, but I mean, I, I just, I mean, yeah, you're talking about a team that the Raiders, who going into this week were in in the lead in the AFC West. They were in the lead. They just lost to the Giants. I mean. I can't see if you were actually look at it on uh, on any website that they're not the third highest, like for like betting wise, like odds to win their division now. I just don't see like they went from a team that was at first in their division where people are like starting to gain some steam. People are like maybe if they if they win games stuff like that, they have the Giants and they have some soft games coming up. So like, no, 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 and and that's that that's the thing is we you want to be like. Oh, here come the Chargers, but then they lay an egg. Yeah. And the Chiefs, even when they win, look horrible. Mm-hmm. So who the hell is going to win that division? I yeah. mean, it's – but that's like – I mean, like you said, I, I mean, you expect something from the Raiders, they lay an egg. And even from the Giants, they won this game 
They had 23 points on the scoreboard. The only dead guy who did anything fantasy-wise was uh, Devontae Booker, mm-hmm. who had 99 yards rushing and another 33 uh, receiving. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones threw for a whopping 110. It's <laughs> I mean, right? It is. It's So it's you can't ridiculous. even point out any of those receivers because Evan Ingram led their receiving core with 38, and that was on the power of a 30-yard receiving touchdown. Yeah. And for the Raiders, I mean, every time you expect great things out of Derek Carr, it took him 46 pass attempts to get to 296 yards. He had two interceptions and a fumble loss. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not good. It's just not good. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, I mean Waller had a good game. Renfro had a good game. Uh, Brian Edwards, um, with rugs, without rugs, with Deshaun Jackson, without Deshaun Jackson, this guy just doesn't do it. This guy just doesn't do it. And that's the thing is, in the preseason, I was trying to build a case for him as a sleeper. How he had the talent, he slipped in NFL drafts because, you know, mm-hmm. injury issues and stuff. And then last week, when the whole Henry Ruggs thing happened, we won't rehash that. But, like, here's Edwards' opportunity. Here yeah. it is. Well, in his first and now only game without Ruggs, four targets, zero catches. And I say only game because welcome into Sean Jackson. Yeah. So anytime you were going to make a case for, okay, he'll get the deep balls because Waller's going to work the middle of the field yeah. and Renfro... Um, nope. Well, th- well, when you're talking about over the last, like, 20 years, um, nobody nobody does the deep ball as well as Deshaun Jackson, because that's pretty much all he does. That's the routes he runs. Is well, out, is... Ch- Tyler Lockett's on the phone. Well, I understand that, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, when you're talking about over the last 20 years, he's got to be in the top, like, four or five when you're talking about some of the best deep threats. Oh, absolutely. And only yeah. deep threats. Deshaun Jackson's got to be one that, of those people on that does. list. That's what he does. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, and as you were, we were saying, like, uh, before we move on to the next game, I, time's already up on this game, but I will say, uh, wherever we kept saying Brian Edwards was a sleeper, he's just asleep. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been holding yeah, on that Yeah, I was one? holding on that one for about 40 seconds. I was like, you go on it, and I was like, I gotta at least squeeze that in. Yeah, and, and speaking of squeezing it in, let's, uh, let's hit a game we're contractually obligated to hit. Miami 17, Houston 9. No Tua, no problem. Not against the Texans. I mean, it's, it's but that's like, the thing is, I was watching the NFL. I, I'm watching. I had the NFL Network show on in the background mm-hmm. when I'm placing all my bets and looking at my lineups and stuff. And all their guys were once were that Tua wasn't starting. Mm-hmm. All the guys picked the Houston Texans. And you kind of giggle. I'm like, we're still talking about the same Houston Texans. Yeah, right. And even, I'll even admit, in, in the league where I was devastated by buys, mm-hmm. everybody was out. And my quarterback's Tom Brady. He was on a buy. I actually picked up Tyrod Taylor because... He was the best of available free agents. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, they're playing Miami. You know, and I I had high fantasy and gambling hopes for this game. And I don't know why I ever put my faith in two teams with one win each. And that's exactly why when I even looked at it and said, I don't think, honestly, two one-win teams, how did, how did the rest of us, how did we all not just stop and go, well, this game's got to go under? So yeah, two, how do we not just be like, well, that's teams. an obvious under. You know, yeah. but instead we're thinking, oh, no, Miami's going to finally show us something. No, they won't. No, they, they on won't. On the Miami side, I wanted to put out one thing. And I know he scored a touchdown. Miles Gaskin, mm-hmm. you know, punt the QB's, uh, you know, beating uh, beating boy. 20 rush attempts for 34 yards. <laughs> right? When was the last time you saw that? The 20 attempts. I mean, when have you ever seen somebody do get 20 attempts at 34 What is yards? that, like 1.5 yards a carry? Yeah. Against the It's a little Texans. bit. Like 1.6 maybe. Um, yeah, no. I mean. And he it, lost two fumbles. They turned over the ball five times, Miami did. Five times. They turned over times. the ball five times. Where's Booker T? Five times. And five Houston times. was bad enough 
to not do anything with that. Yeah, well, you know, it was almost like the anything you can do, I can do worse. Yeah. Because Tyron Taylor, 240, welcome back, Tyron Taylor, 240, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a point in the game where I think there was like four minutes left in the game or something like that. It's like fourth down from like the two-yard line. You're down 11 as uh, as Houston. And instead of going for the touchdown, they kick the field goal. And I feel like that just sums up the Houston Texans. Yeah, right sums then it up and perfectly. There. It's, like, it's like you're just ready to settle for field goals and be like, well, maybe we'll get a chance later. Maybe you're on the two-yard line. If you don't score a touchdown now, the game's pretty much over anyway. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to point out about the Houston Texans, and that might be enough time we've spent on them. Brandon Cooks, we, we brought it up last week. I was all garbage time on Friday. Well, that whole season's garbage time. Guess who got peppered with targets? Brandon Cooks turned 13 targets into six catches for 56 yards. But he keeps getting peppered with targets. I feel like you almost have to start him, especially in PPR leagues. Mm-hmm. Well, know? they're going to get their they're going to get their scores. You you don't have uh, NFL teams just don't score touchdowns ever. They're going to score touchdowns. And I got to tell you with with those running backs doing absolutely nothing, you know, if, but before Ingram after Ingram, doesn't make a doesn't difference. Matter. It doesn't make a difference. But Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks are literally the only people that have any kind of semblance of any kind of fantasy value. And even Tyrod Taylor isn't maybe even in the top 20 for quarterbacks. Uh, boy, do they miss Arian Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just miss any semblance of competitiveness since since the whole Deshaun thing happened and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you're talking about a team that two no, years really, ago. It started with them when they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who was just a class awesome guy. Yeah. But and they're like, no, yeah. you don't fit into our organization. Two seasons ago, you were talking about a team that was competing for the division. Oh, they and that you were that division. And you were yeah. and you were always thinking like, well, Deshaun, uh, D Hop, JJ Watt, like these guys have a chance to beat anybody in the playoffs. Maybe not not be a Super Bowl team, but they have a chance to beat a, be, maybe win a, win a game or two in the playoffs. This team has no chance. They're brutal. And um, speaking of another team that's brutal, Carolina Panthers. They lost to the Patriots twenty four to six. And even when the Patriots score, they don't even do it with offense. One passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, one pick six. I mean, you're talking about two. Oh, two very offensively inept teams at this point. I mean, New England is winning despite of their yeah. They're five and four. They're a half game out of first place, but they despite don't do anything sexy. Woes, besides, despite their offensive woes, they're still finding ways to win games. I mean, this is absolutely what if you were to say, "What's Belichick ball?" If Brady's not there, this is Belichick ball. If yeah, Brady this isn't there. this is like early two thousands Tom Brady mm-hmm. before he really you know craft owned in his craft. And, and that's the thing is, I, I was going to make a case that Damian Harris is the only startable asset on this entire team. Well, he got a head injury and had to leave the game. Now, he did get his owners a rushing touchdown 30 yards before he left the game. Mm-hmm. Your guy, Ramonde Stevenson, took the ball and ran. I mean, 10 carries, 62 yards, two catches, 44, which led the team in receiving. And, I mean, now he had to leave with his own head injury, so don't go running out to go get him. But he looked really good given his opportunity. Yeah. If he played for any one of the other 31 coaches, I'd be like, go get him. He looks great. Yeah. But, hell, he could look good oh, this no, week. Next week it'll be and then be Brandon a healthy Bolden scratch. And <laughs> yeah, or J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor, you know, or, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Or, you know, Randed. They might bring, you know, LeGarrette Blunt out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, one bright spot, if you can call it that, out of the, uh, the Patriots, Hunter Henry. He had two catches for 19 yards, nothing sexy. Mm-hmm. He did score a touchdown. That's five touchdowns in the last six games. 
good enough to get him to be tight end number eight. Yeah, well, I mean, if if you got a tight end that's scoring five touchdowns so far this season, and he's on your roster and he's on your starting lineup, I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, at least he's scoring. Yeah, that, he's in standard leagues, that's gold. Of, yeah, yeah, more you can say for most of these league, most of the players. Yeah, um, well, outside of baby Gronk. <laughs> um, I, I love pat myself on the back, in case you're not sure. Um, I, I feel like the only highlight for Carolina was that Stephon Gilmore was able to intercept the Patriots. I mean, as, as a yeah. Patriots guy, I was like, eh, good for you, man. I, yeah. It didn't cost him the game because I was like, hey, good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and this was supposed to be CMC's big return. Now, he still had 100 combined yards, mm-hmm. 52 rushing, 54 receiving, no touchdowns, two fumbles lost. So... Even in the big return for CMC, well, didn't you gotta, do a hell of a lot for his owners. You got a New England defense that does that does pretty well of, of stopping the best player on the other team. And anybody who thinks that it's not CMC is just kidding themselves. Well, if you want to talk about the big receiving threat on that team, they shut down DJ Moore. He had seven targets, which he turned into three catches for thirty-two. I don't yards. think it's really hard to start, shut to shut down Sam Darnold's number one. Yeah. Receiver. Well, they don't have a number two. They do. we definitely know that. <laughs> Not going to say his name. Nope. He is dead Won't to me. Won't even give him the time of day. Dead to me. All right. So next game we're going to talk about is um, uh, another another dog. Another dog victory. <laughs> Cleveland came right the to dogs. Cincinnati, punched him dead in the face, and Cincinnati just rolled around on the ground for the rest of yeah, the game. Exactly what the Bengals did in Baltimore yes. a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. Cleveland did to Cincinnati. Yep. I, nobody wants to win the AFC North. No. I mean, two weeks ago, the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC, mm-hmm. in first place in their division, and an 11-point favorite going into New York. Mm-hmm. My, how things have changed. Yes. Wow. They limp into their bye week. Yep. I, I mean, it wasn't close. They got demolished. And this I, game, right from the get-go, when they had that 99-yard interception return for a touchdown, they never I was just going to say, it... it, it it turned on, I mean, the Bengals moved down the field. They looked really good. And Burrow threw that 99-yard interception return to Ward. And the the Browns didn't look back. They are built to, when they have the lead, they are built to put you away. Mm-hmm. They, they You cannot argue that they're a better team without, uh, without OBJ. Because Baker has even said, like, sometimes when OBJ is playing, he feels obligated he has to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no obvious. He just took with the, you know, this week it was Peoples-Jones. Who had you know he had the big touchdown reception? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you listened to, to me on my tight end approach for this team, because I told everybody take both tight ends and Joku. I know he only had one catch. He was plus four fifty to score a touchdown. He did get that touchdown. Yeah. So hopefully you listened did you to do me. It? I did it. Yes. I actually did do it. Yeah, I, I took both. I was able to get the plus four fifty on Njoku. Uh, tight ends made me money this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody else did, <laughs> but uh, Tyler Conklin did well for me, and Njoku got that touchdown. For the for the um, Bengals, Joe Burrow did his best Josh Allen impression. 282, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a fumble lost. Yep, there's a lot of that going on. We've, you've mentioned that like three or four times now. Two interceptions and a fumble loss when you're talking well, about quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor, you expect that yeah. stuff out of. You don't expect that out of Josh Allen, the Bills version, mm-hmm. and you don't expect that out of Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, Mixon looked good. He had 64 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns, five catches, 46 yards. That's what people who drafted him this year mm-hmm. were expecting when they got rid of Giovanni Where's he at now? RB. He's RB4 on the season. And that's in PPR leagues. Hey, I had Mixon on my team for plenty of years, and now he's finally doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate you passing up on him twice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, Higgins, 
Six catches, 78 yards. Led the team. Jamar Chase, he got peppered with targets. 13 targets. Six catches, 49 yards. I asked you on Friday about Tyler Boyd. Are you finally ready to drop him? I don't have him on any of my teams. I, I know, proverbially. Like, yeah. If you had him after a one-catch, 11-yard performance... He is it, not in Joe Burrow's eyesight. I wouldn't even say he's not no, in his plans. I feel plans. Like he's behind he's CJ Uzama. His, yeah. yeah, he's behind Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and CJ Uzmanzada mm-hmm. in the pecking order. Yeah. And, and I feel like... There's no point leaving him on your bench because it would take two injuries on the Bengals team for him to be back to relevancy. I feel like with the bye week coming up, you're safe to drop him. Okay. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. I mean, maybe not in our league where you got to scrape off Elijah Moore off the waiver mm-hmm. wire. Yeah. But in most leagues, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's enough for that one. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. We got the Chargers 27, the Eagles 24. Philadelphia has fallen to 3-6. and six. Yeah, I, I, once again, you're talking about um, somebody that, you know, like we said, Philly, God, how do I say, I say this, I feel like I say this in some different way, so I'm just going to try to say this in a, in the way that I, that, that I could keep saying it, and I'll just keep saying it now. Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback. He makes nobody else around him better. Nope. He only makes himself better. <laughs> he does not make players around him better. And that's why the Eagles kept trying to replace him in the mm-hmm. offseason. That's why, I mean, like I said, I, I I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but that's why I cautioned everybody all preseason about him. I know he's giving consistently good quarterback numbers mm-hmm. for the low investment you've placed in yeah. him fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles don't want him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I don't know what you want me to say. From the Eagles' standpoint, uh, he had 62 yards rushing, Jalen Hurts did. One thing I can say positive about the Eagles the last couple of weeks is they have committed to the run. Yeah. Now, we thought, at first we thought Kenneth Gainwell would be the recipient, and then last week it was Boston Scott. Yeah. Well, this week it was Jordan Howard. Well, Jordan Howard did have two touchdowns last week. No, but I'm saying is like, you know, when, when you set the bar of expectations, I don't think a couple of weeks ago anybody no remember that Jordan Howard yeah. was in the NFL. Yeah. He was on their practice squad. Mm-hmm. And here he is leading the team. And, I mean... I guess we could say this particular week, Jalen Hurst did make Devonta Smith better. Five catches, one sixteen, and a touchdown looks uh, good. But in I the would box also score. say that Devonta Smith is 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 yeah is he that good. he won the Heisman Trophy yeah. for I mean for a reason he is that good. But I mean Keenan Allen for for the Chargers. I mean he's getting a hundred yards receiving again. He's back. He's back doing catches one oh four. Yep. I, I did want to point this out. It was frustrating for me. In our PPR league where I was just ravaged, I sent you the picture. Mm-hmm. My entire yeah. bench was on by. Mm-hmm. Not my entire bench. Most of my starters were on by because yeah. I'm heavy with the Bucks and the Redskins and the Lions. Mm-hmm. So in my lineup, I had Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook for the Chargers. Guess who scored their touchdowns? Steven Anderson and Donald Parham. How do you have those guys in your lineup and not get one touchdown? Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, luckily true. I was seven and then one in that league. Chargers, so like, and the Chargers still win the game on top of it. Yeah, and that's, well, yeah. I mean, the star of this game, besides Keenan Allen, who had 12 catches, 104, uh, Justin Herbert. Back to the Justin Herbert everybody knows and loves. 356, two touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. Well, you know what? If the Chargers just find ways to beat uh, KC, like they've been doing. Which they do. They, which the they last do. couple of years, they yeah. have really owned Kansas mm-hmm. City. And and on top of that, they're beating teams that they should beat, like a Philadelphia. You're just gonna see you're gonna see the Chargers keep doing good things. Yeah, they may take over that division. Now mm-hmm. it's really you know, like I said, you're looking at 
five and four all around. You know, I believe yeah. the Raiders already had their buys to the five and three, but yeah. still, everybody's got five wins in that division, so it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the Chiefs. Let's go ahead and get to it. Kansas City thirteen, Green Bay seven. Can you tell me if if Rodgers doesn't go out COVID? There's no way they lose this game thirteen to seven. No way, no chance. And that's the thing is, this game taught us two things. Number one, Kansas City's not good. <laughs> They're just not. They're just not. It's yeah. so true. I, I think we 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 are uh, we're we're falling in love with the allure of the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and two straight Super Bowls. They're not good. No, they're you not know? good. I mean, it, and the funniest thing about it is, is that for a long stretch, you were always in, in the past. It's always been like you got to worry about Tyreek Hill. You got to worry about Kelsey. And then Mahomes still finds the way that somebody else is getting a touchdown, whether it's a 50-yard. You know, like you'd have like the Mecole Hardman would come out with like a 50-yarder one day. And then Demarcus Robinson would get a 50-yarder like in the next week. And there would be like these these different people getting scores and, and CEH getting some scores and Darrell Williams and Darren Damian Williams back when he was on the team and stuff like that. Now, you're not getting any of this. Nothing. It is yeah. literally the Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. Can anybody play? No. No, nobody else can play. This was a prime opportunity for them to embarrass a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers. And they they won the game, but they laid an egg. They once again couldn't cover the spread, which I know they don't care about. But this was your opportunity to get right against a team that was hurting, and you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we learned from this game, Jordan Love's not ready. No. I, and I know they blitzed him like crazy. I, I, I want to say the final tally was like 18 or 19 times they blitzed him. They blitzed him like crazy, and that's what you do with rookie quarterbacks who haven't seen the field. But Jordan Love isn't a rookie quarterback. I, relatively speaking. I understand, I mean, like, but what I'm saying is... is I, redshirt freshman, does that do it better for yeah, you? Yeah, but I'm saying like even if you're redshirted, by the, somewhere along the line, you the game has to make sense to you. The, to, to play like this, when you've been sitting behind Rodgers for this long, it really is an indictment of where he should be and where he is. Absolutely. And we're not talking about... The first couple of for first five six weeks of Justin Fields, we're talking about like keep in mind we're talking about a, a Jordan Love who's been on the bench longer than Pat Mahomes ever was in his career. Yeah, I, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was sitting at home hanging out with Joe Rogan, saying, "Hey, look at these jokes. They're trying <laughs> to run, they're trying to run me out of Wisconsin." Yeah. You know, look, with this guy. Look at look what happened here. Like they're like, you just wait until Jordan Love gets his opportunity. Maybe we'll never look back. Like yeah. some other people are saying that. And he's like, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, yeah, good luck with that, <laughs> douchebags. Um, one more note about this game before we move on. Mason Crosby. I know we don't talk kickers in this. It, it caught me off. It it, it cracked me up. Mm-hmm. He was 0 for two on field goals. He has now missed seven field goals on the season, which leaves the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. I mean, it, how it, it are you is, still on that team? It's crazy because I feel like when you're talking about kickers, I don't know if there's a there's no kicker on the in the in the league that's been on the same team as long as Mason Crosby has. And, and you want you, that's the thing is like how many of these teams how many of these teams have we seen that have gone through four or five kickers yeah. already? And, and, and like I said, he missed two field goals, and they weren't you know sixty yarder at halftime. He missed two field goals. They lost by six points. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? These were key field mm-hmm. goals. This is this. It's it might be. I mean, I understand maybe if you have some kind of loyalty because because Mason Crosby's been on the on that team for probably like fifteen seasons. It yeah, man like. has great hair. Seems like he's been there forever. Yeah. But I mean, like it, it's at this at this point, if he doesn't retire, they just gotta let this dude go. Okay, um, we got a good laugh out of it earlier. Let's go ahead and get a good laugh out of it now. There's no team that's more overrated 
than the San Francisco 49ers, even at, the, even at three and six. I mean, they're still overrated. Arizona, 31, San Francisco, 17. Tim? Yeah, and that's the thing is, once it was announced pregame that Kyler Murray was inactive and DeAndre Hopkins was inactive, I went to DraftKings just to see well, what it would do to the number. And the Niners, by the time kickoff hit, they were a four, t- four I'm sorry, four and a half point favorite. And Arizona's like, we don't care. I mean, people will realize they looked great. No Kyler, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. D-Hop, no problem. It was James Conner day. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, I mean, I, I know the Steelers brought in Najee Harris and they're happy with him. But I'm telling you, how was James Conner just out there for the Cardinals to be like, sure, we'll take you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, he looked great. Now, a lot of that was the fact that they had the lead. And, and Chase, Chase got Ed, hurt. I was just going to say, Chase game, Edmonds yeah. got hurt on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. So it was James Conner and Eno Benjamin, you know. But that's saying James Conner, let's 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 talk this up. We have to. 21 carries, 96 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, plus five catches, 77 yards, a receiving touchdown, 40 points. Obviously, by far, week uh, RB1 in Week 9. Mm-hmm. On the season, even in PPR leagues, he's running back 11. He wow. has 11 touchdowns on the season. Man. What else can you say about this guy? Yeah. He's just... He's uh. He's uh he's Le'Veon Bell season holdout Pittsburgh Steelers James Conner rather than mm-hmm. last year James Conner where everyone was ready to jump off of that bandwagon. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is like I mean you got to sing the praises of James Conner what the Cardinals were able mm-hmm. to do on the road and without their top three weapons. You, you got to acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean Arizona. This is a team that continually. Gets overlooked and continually at eight and one now. Yeah, it's I think everybody keeps waiting for Cinderella to turn yeah. into a pumpkin. But it continually gets dogged. You got it, they got dogged when they were against Cleveland. They got dogged last week against Green Bay. They got dogged. I mean, yeah, remember they? Yeah, they crushed the Rams in mm-hmm. L.A. They got dogged. They got dogged when they played against the Rams. They got dogged in this game because Kyler was out and some of that. None of this matters to this team. They are oh, just, I'm sure they love it. I'm sure they eat it up. They're eating this. They're going right at people and punching people right even, in the face. And I was telling you in between segments, even at eight and one, best record in the league. I went Tuesday morning to see the updated Super Bowl odds. They're still plus one thousand. Yeah, they're I mean, ten to one at eight and one. If you like, we we we've we've talked about this a lot. If you're a, a, a Somebody that does a lot of the uh, betting, and you do a lot of the uh, the the boosts and the the, the promos, uh, the with promos, the free bets. where it's like, hey, if you bet this, we'll give you a free bet and stuff like that. If you're getting all these ten dollars free bets, um, at some point, why don't you just start covering all the all the NFL teams that look like they could be Super Bowl champions at plus one thousand? You could turn that ten dollars free bet for Arizona into a hundred bucks. Yeah, I told you uh, last year. You know, we've been you know gambling partners for years, but you know. Especially now that everything's uh, legal here in Illinois, I kept getting like five and ten dollar free bets. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with the turn five dollars into ten dollars? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to cover the board. And I started it with basketball and hockey, where I took everybody that could conceivably win that championship and threw five dollars, mm-hmm. like five dollar free bets on them. Yeah, you know, because instead of turning, you know, betting a, a standard bet turn five dollars into nine dollars, why not turn five or ten dollars into a hundred dollars if you take someone who's twenty to one? Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I just found that weird that eight and one Arizona was still plus one thousand or ten. And there's to 1. probably about ten teams higher than them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. favorites, favorites to win. And, the and, and that's the thing is, you know, for the Cardinals to wrap them up, Christian Kirk was the beneficiary of AJ Green being out and DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins being out. 
Um, for the Niners, Jimmy G did go over your little experiment. He had 326 in a comeback yep. attempt. Elijah Mitchell still was a letdown, but because of game script, they couldn't run the ball. He only had eight rush attempts, but he was still able to get 79 total yards, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you're somebody who scooped him up waivers and you start him as an RB2 or flex, you'll, you'll take that. Yep. You know, the five catches for 43 yards got you nine and three more rush, and that's 12 points in a PPR league. Kittle, welcome back. Um, six catches, 101 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now, you finally had a good week. Yeah, well, I ta- I brought up last week, and I, I know he's had a lot of bad weeks, but I brought mm-hmm. up the numbers about how he led the team in, in, in um, targets and plays. He had another good week. Six catches, 89 yards, a touchdown. He did lose a fumble on a run attempt. But, uh, I mean, the last couple of weeks, they've really made an effort to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. So if if he was one of those that was dropped a couple of weeks ago and you scooped him, good on you. Yeah. Um, Debo... Was a little less Debo, but I tell you what, what he's given you on the season, you'll still catch five, you'll still take five catches for 63 yards. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, public service announcement San Francisco is going to still give you um, really good fantasy numbers with the, with who they have. I mean, Jimmy G still finds ways yeah, to Kyle Shanahan is a yards. really good offensive yeah. coordinator. But when you're talking about um, a team that's going in the right direction, it's not San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad. I remember after week one, they said that was they they were ranked the second best team in the league. Go ahead and enjoy that beer, sir. They were ranked the second best team in the league. There is absolutely no way that should have ever happened. Sure, you beat a bad Sam, you beat a bad Detroit team, and you barely walked away with that game in hand after you were up thirty eight to ten or thirty one to ten or something like that. Yeah, you brought up their wins. I, their three wins were what Detroit, Philadelphia, and the Bears, and the Bears. Yeah, gee. <laughs> cool, and two of those were in the, the those the first two were in the t- first two weeks of the season. So they've gone one in six since then. Anybody that thinks that San Francisco is a good team is just kidding themselves right now. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of people gave Kyle Shanahan and um, their GM uh, Lynch mm-hmm. gave them a pass because they had to get by with CJ Beathard, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, there was just that team was ravaged with injuries last year. Yeah, sure it was. It doesn't make a difference. If you're not winning games, you're not winning games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. How many free passes do you yeah, get? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing is, let, let's move on to the Sunday nighter. The Titans got extremely overshadowed by the fact that the Jaguars and the Broncos both won. Mm-hmm. But the Titans, going into L.A., even though they were factually speaking the number one seed in the AFC, were a seven-point dog. And they won 28-16. Now, they didn't do it. With Tannehill and anything special, they had big plays and good defense. But they went to L.A. and, and they took it to them. I think they had said that Tennessee's the first one. Of the, I think they said that Tennessee's the first team to be an underdog in five straight games and win all five. And, and that's the thing is I'm sure they're relishing in that. I'm sure mm-hmm. Vrabel's playing that up where that goes onto the bulletin board in the locker room. We, You know, like I said, we've talked about it. We, these guys are human beings. Yeah. And at some point, they're like, hey, we're 7-2. Where's our love? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. I mean, like I said, if the Jags and Broncos didn't do what they did, we'd all be leading this off by talking about what the Titans were able to accomplish mm-hmm. in L.A. against what everybody assumed was the best team in the league. But we wouldn't have let off. With without Derrick Henry. Well, we you know what I mean? It's a Sunday, we night. Sunday night. Game well, later. I'm just saying, I, I let off the, the previews by talking yeah. about all these underdogs and what they accomplished yeah. and stuff. And, and Tennessee, like I said, I, I got to give them credit. Now, in our first week without Derrick Henry... This is how the rushing came out. Deonta Foreman, 5 for 29. Jeremy McNichols, 7 for 24. And AP, off his deathbed, (laughs) 10 carries, 21 yards, but he salvaged it with a touchdown. Nothing special. No. 
I mean, I mean, that's what you're going to be. That's what I'm saying. We we want you want to credit the Titans for Vrabel and his mentality to run first and play defense and a great offensive line. No, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's just special. Yeah, I, I mean, they did nothing special with the run game, and even Tannehill didn't do anything special. He had 143 passing, one touchdown, one pick, and a rushing touchdown. This was Tennessee going into the Ram, going into L.A., and just showing that. This defense has a lot more fight than any of us ever thought they did. I mean, they were doing pretty well before when they were making big stops, but they were making timely stops. Like, they gave up a ton of points to Buffalo, and then they made a couple of timely stops to end up winning that game. Um, but they're just they're Even, playing well, you, really— You brought it up before we started recording. Who are they playing next week? I, You know— um, Oh, they play the Saints. Right. They're at home against the Saints. Mm-hmm. And they're only a, what, a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite? Yeah, they're a three-point favorite. I'm right just now. saying that, to me, that almost screams disrespect. Well, to me, it screams yeah. trap. Well, yeah. yeah like... No, 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 no. I, I, absolutely. I, I'm not advocating for taking... What I'm saying is you just brought up how they were an underdog in five straight games mm-hmm. and they just won. Yeah. And they're, we're not talking about bad teams. They're not beating the, the, the Lions. No, you know, they're beating and, all good teams. I mean, teams. like I said, they're, they're beating the, the Bills, the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, they, they just beat L.A. in L.A. I mean... They beat. Uh, they're beating good teams. Yeah, they know. beat the Colts when they were yeah. when they were they were dogs in, in Indianapolis. The Colts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and that's the thing is, I mean, they're they're beating good teams, and for them to only be a three point favorite at home against the Saints, and we'll talk about that on Friday. I, to me, that just seems disrespectful. Yeah, you know, um, from the nine or from Niners, the Rams side of it, um, Stafford was able to get two ninety four and a touchdown. He did have two picks. Nothing special out of Daryl Henderson. Robert Woods, seven catches, 98 yards. On, tar- on 10 targets, yeah. And Cooper yeah. Cup, just doing Cooper Cup things. Yeah, 11 catches, 95 yards. He wasn't able to find the end zone, but I'm sure Cooper Cup owners can forgive him for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. You know, and, and Tyler Higby, uh, he did have 10 targets, five catches, 51 yards. Van Jefferson, his first game without uh, not first game, but, you know. Yeah, the first game, the, really, they're moving on without Sean yeah, Jackson. Yeah, uh, three catches, 41 yards on yeah. seven targets, so... He is a, a solid number three in that packing order. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of the Panthers last year where there was DJ Moore, that RA guy, and Curtis Samuel, and they all were finished top 30. Yeah. I feel like Van Jefferson has that potential now that he's clearing away the number one. I feel like that team passes enough to sustain three wide receivers. Yeah, I, I, I would go along with that. And uh, once again, this is just this is just a game that the Rams just uh, got away from him. But even with only 16 points, I mean, Stafford almost threw for 300 yards. You had uh, 90-something-yard receivings for both Cooper, Cup, and, and Robert Woods. This is a team that's not going away. No, not at all. That That's the thing. is They, they won't be counted out in a game. And they, mm-hmm. Well, well I, I'm really excited to see how them and the Cardinals go down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Let's get to this last one. We've got to. Let's rip off that Band-Aid. The Monday Nighter. The Steelers won 29-27 over the Bears. I took two way, two things away from this game. The refs were really bad, mm-hmm. and I'll let you know the sports radio stations talk about that. And Fields in defeat has looked really good for the second consecutive week. Yeah, I feel like remember last week we talked about when the Titans beat the Colts, and we we're like, well, they won the battle but lost the war with losing Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. This is the reverse. I feel like the Bears lost the battle but won the war because I feel like we finally have a good young quarterback that could be the future. Mm-hmm. And in my 40 years of life, I've never said those words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. I mean, what, what are your takeaways from this one? <sighs> my takeaways from this game is um, 
yeah, they have some really good pieces. Uh, I, I like Herbert. I like Montgomery. Fields is Fields is really doing a, a lot of nice things lately. There, he's starting to run the ball. He's throwing the ball deep and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the only thing is is that besides having I'm trying to word this how I want to word this, despite having despite having some good pieces. When you're talking about a 52-man roster and you're talking about maybe six, seven pieces, I mean, that's just not going to get it done. No, I, I'm not. I mean, you're, what I'm trying to say is I think with Justin Fields and the way he's progressing, the future looks bright for the Bears. And I, I don't know that we've been that excited. Nobody was that excited about Trubisky. And look at their you know, their past of quarterbacks. I understand that. But at the same exact time, um, there has to be significant changes in this organization. Um, because, and now, now we're getting off of fantasy football. Now you're just going to get into my bear, my bear fandom uh, here. I poked the bear. Yeah. Now you poke the bear. So now you got to listen to it. Stuff like that. But there's got to be beer. some significant changes in this because you know what? Justin Fields does with, does, to, does with us at this rate right now. You're talking about a, a great fantasy quarterback on a team that won't win. So do you. Well, not this year. I understand that. I mean, I'm, but like I said, if he improves and Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers. And Kirk Cousins leaves the Vikings, and the Lions are the Lions. You're telling me the Bears can't contend in the a- NFC North for I'm, the next I'd, few years? I think they can. I think they can. But there has to be some other steps forward at other positions, and in some some of those positions being positions in management and ownership. Well, absolutely. And yeah, so that, that they, you can't they, you can't run an NFL team in today's era as a mom and pop shop. I mean, you can't think as a you can't think of like like Fields can can be a top. Twelve fantasy quarterback with what we're seeing in these Absolutely. past two in these past two games. That being said, like Cam Newton was a Cam Newton is Cam Newton in the his, in the past has been one of those guys. Kirk Cousins in the past has been one of those guys. I can keep listing off names and stuff like that, but it's like to be fantasy relevant and winning relevant, it's not easy if you're not. No, that that's safe for pieces. the elite. Yeah. That's that's same for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes. And Mahone. I understand where people are like, "Oh, cool." We're just excited because it's something in Chicago you haven't seen in No, ever. I understand. I understand. You know, it's something excited to be I, about. In Green Bay fudging Wisconsin, they went seamlessly from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. The Bears have done none of that. No. You know. And I, I guess to wrap up the Bears side of it because I guess we do have to talk about the Steelers who did win the game. Um Justin Fields seems to have a really good connection with Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. I've talked it up multiple times on our show. Uh, he had three catches, 41 yards, a receiving touchdown, a 15-yard rushing touchdown. He seems to have a really good rapport with, with Justin Fields that Allen Robinson just doesn't. No, Allen Robinson, I feel like um, Allen Robinson doesn't want to be here. I don't feel like the Bears at this point want him no, here. Even on a week where he caught four catches for 68 yards, mm-hmm. that crawled him all the way up to wide receiver number 53. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, they, I, I feel I just, Allen Robinson to me is that guy. If you drafted him, you can't drop him, but you can't start him. Yeah, I I would even say he's he's got so much talent. He's he's almost unbenchable because I just I feel like if you have you're bench, still start him at this point. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I feel you like gotta be in a pretty deep league to still be starting him at this point. I don't know. Like I said, you're he doesn't give you right. anything. I mean, we're talking a four catch, sixty eight yard performance is one of his best. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what does that get you in a standard league? Six points. I know, but it's still need to change the fact that 
Allen Robinson is one of the, I still believe Allen Robinson is a top 15, 20 receiver in this league. Fantasy wise, he is not. That's um, a shame. On the Bears, he isn't. I think that when he moves on and he goes somewhere else, I think that'll be more telling. I, I think he'll as, be one of the most productive fantasy wide receivers next year, wherever mm-hmm. he ends up. Yeah. Because this year will draw, will drag his average draft position down. Mm-hmm. And wherever he lands, he can only be better. Yeah, true. Um, and, and we'll leave the rest of the Bears talk to the Bears and Beers guys who do a great job on the Bears and Beers podcast. Um, from the Steelers' side, you you brought up the posse. You brought up good things from Ben, even though you didn't mm-hmm. have a case start. I mean, he had 205, two touchdowns, no picks. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. That's Trevor Lawrence numbers. Ben, ben, but, but Ben comes out on, on Monday night, and he, he finds ways to score touchdowns. Yeah, they, they um, yeah. They they came they marched down the field they won that game there was some really bad calls but they won the game and it was the usual suspects Najee Harris he had seventy eight combined yards and a rushing touchdown so he got his fantasy owners production mm-hmm. but it's the same guys Najee Harris Deontay Johnson Claypool and my guy Baby Gronk Pat Fryermuth who had five catches forty three yards two more touchdowns bring his total to four on the season with eight games left. That that looks that looks like that was one of my be, uh, best bold predictions. It looks mm-hmm. like that's going to come in pretty handy. Nice, so, yeah, it was. That is, it, that definitely comes in handy. You know what they were saying that uh, Pittsburgh has won their last fifteen games on Monday Night Football. Yeah, which dates back, uh, I think, almost thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know, so pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, like I said, and, and you you don't want to say, oh, you got to take the extra. Well, those years cover Big Ben and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, yeah. You know? So let's get into the uh, the review here of our bets and stuff like that. Obviously, um, best bets, Tim, you uh, one and two, me, uh, one and two. Yeah, it's it's been a frustrating season, uh, bets, bets-wise. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've done well in props. I, a lot of the stuff I point out, keep an eye on, has kept me afloat and in the positives mm-hmm. on the year. It was a one and two week. I can't make excuses. Buffalo... The, the team that they've been, I really thought they'd run rough shot over the Jags. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. Um, so that was a loss. Um, I did hit on the Cleveland-Cincinnati over. I went over in the third quarter, so that was that was pretty good. That mm-hmm. helped me uh, do my seamless transmission transition from beer to whiskey. Um, <laughs> the uh, and, and like I said, I did that solely on the fact that the sixth straight of those games had gone over. Yep. And the other trend bet that I, I, I made and didn't win was Tennessee and the Rams over. I really expected more from the Rams. Yeah. So I, I went one and two. Um, you, you. Yeah, you know. I went along with you on the. I, I, I went along with you. I wouldn't say it, I shouldn't say it that way. I also like the Bills, and they just totally laid the egg there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the loss on that one. I took the the Raiders. I did not expect the Raiders to come, um, and be playing as well as they were, um, at, at five and two and being ahead in that division, and then turn around and lay an egg against uh, the Giants, um. And the, so that was 0-2 there, and then the over was me just riding the trend of um, bad uh, bad teams that just don't seem to that seem to give up a lot of points lately, and that's the like Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, Falcons, like yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. So I took New Orleans, Atlanta over 42 and a half. Uh, that went over. That went that went that went way over. I think it was like what 20, 26, 23, or 29, 29, 26, or something like that. So yeah, I went over. It was in the fifties. So. Yeah, yeah, twenty seven, twenty five. Yeah, I mean, um, you had no upset special. I had no upset special, which is crazy because I probably just could have picked anybody. Which out was of the, the hat. week of yeah, yeah, and I, I would have won. It was the week, but of I said upsets. there was nobody that I was really, really leaning towards doing and stuff like that. I do say though that um, I was telling you before we started. Yeah, well, you that you did have I did have, feelings for Denver. Co- at I least did covering. have Denver at least covering, but I didn't have them winning the game, so I obviously couldn't pick them as an my upset special. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, you know. Good things. Well, I'd say good things for the experiment. But the mm-hmm. actual qualifiers, Jimmy G went over. Jordan Love didn't, so that was a split. But the cigars did well. Yeah, the cigars. Close but no cigar. We have, I gave you three out that I said that I actually also liked. Mike Williams, over 55 and a half yards. He had 58. That went over. Jalen Hurts, under 231 yards passing. He had like 170 or 180 or something like that. So that one also hits. And Alvin Kamara, under 75 and a half rushing yards. And he had like 56. So all of those hit. The close but no cigars that I gave you. The, and those are the ones that have actually been hitting a lot more. You said, than, yeah, than those have been those have been um, doing well. Yeah, I mean, but uh, what else do we need to talk in, into well, now? Tim, let, you want to talk waiver wire? Yeah, now? let's get people set up for waivers. And here we are coming up on week ten. So there's, it's slim pickings, but there's mm-hmm. still stuff you can pick off. You know, there's yeah. always some meat on the bone. Uh, Mark Ingram, I brought up how he's he's almost in a timeshare with Elvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Plenty of good points to be had. Solid flex. He's only owned in twenty three percent of ESPN leagues. He was the last pick in our draft. I picked him as the last yes, pick in our draft, last. and he is 15, still 12-team, 15-round draft. 15-round, and he's still sitting on my – he's been sitting on my roster this whole time. Yeah, well, in that league, you can't afford to drop yeah. anybody. Uh, Jordan Howard still only owned in 18 – or I'm sorry, 8. 8% of leagues Jordan Howard is owned in. He, in the last two weeks, has gotten 17 points and 13 points. Mm-hmm. I did bring up how you should keep an eye on Ramonde Stevenson. He's only owned in 6% of leagues. Damon uh, Harris did exit with a head injury, but keep an eye because Stevenson had his own. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not saying rush to go get him, but, you know, if you're in a deep league and he's out there, maybe stash him. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Moore, the dude had 27 points in week nine. He was wide receiver number one for the week. Um, he's only owned in 15% of leagues. So, uh, you know, he has had 20 targets in the last three weeks, and that's from three different quarterbacks. Hey, but Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is back this week. Yeah, we don't know. You know, like I said, Zach Wilson, the only guy he really had a good connection with was Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. So something to keep an eye on there. Like I said, not not a robust waiver wires, but if you're a shrewd owner, um, there's some guys to there's go There's a couple of names yeah. out there to go and grab. And, and don't forget, we talked about in the headline segment, Dearness Johnson, 45%. He should be your prior, number one priority. And I brought it up now. This will probably be the third time that I brought it up. Now we're starting to get towards the the second half, the later half of the season here, which is where if you're still um, four or five wins, um, you got to start thinking about if you're going to make the playoffs and what you're going to do to set yourself up. Ideally, obviously, to set yourself up to make the playoffs, if you have one of these quarterbacks like uh, like Stafford or Rodgers, and these guys are going to be drafted, these guys are going to be having late buys. You better start figuring out. If you only have one quarterback in your roster, you might want to start rostering who you want your backup to be. Who's playing a soft game? Don't get stuck with Tyrod Taylor. Yes, don't get (laughs) stuck with Tyrod Taylor. You want the guy that's playing against Houston. You want the guy that's playing against uh, Detroit. You want the guy that's playing against an Atlanta team that doesn't stop Yeah, I remember on Friday I was busting your balls for picking up Daniel Jones in the league you had matched. I picked up Daniel Jones last week. And uh, you brought up you did that solely for the purpose of this team. And that's the thing that sucks is most fantasy playoffs – um, start week 14. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple teams on by week 14. Yeah. I mean, so just something to keep an eye on there, mm-hmm. you know. So, but I think that, um, yeah, just make sure that when you got guys on buys that you have to start figuring out what exactly you're going to do now. you got to start thinking about that ahead of time because you don't want to go into that bye week going, man, I'm six wins. If I win, I'm borderline in or borderline out. And you don't want to go, well, I got no Stafford, so who do I have to pick from? 
And it's not somebody you're comfortable with picking because somebody else has already picked up these guys. You are wise beyond your years, my friend. <laughs> you. you. Let, let's wrap it up by previewing. We do have a game on Thursday. I don't know how many people get excited about it, but it is NFL football. Mm-hmm. You got the Baltimore Ravens minus 7.5 at Miami with an over-under 46.5. The Dolphins are 1-5 against the spread in their last six. What do you feel for this one? Well, with the fact that they are 1-5 against their last six, I, I would lean Baltimore, but... I don't like that, either that one of these hook, teams. Are you scared off by the hook? I don't like either one of these teams. It's not the fact that it's a hook. It's not. It's just that Baltimore hasn't been. Baltimore hasn't been, you know, lighting me up as far as like with with uh with with the confidence. You know what I mean? Like they should have lost to my Minnesota. They should have lost to the Lions. They should have <laughs> lost to the Lions. Yeah, I keep going back to that. Lucky they should have lost to with the, the non delay game. Yeah, they they, they should have lost, lost to the Colts. They should have. They like. The, like probably the a couple of games that they really can lay their head on as far they should have lost to the Chiefs. When you're lay, looking at like teams that they really should hang their head on and that they actually laid it to was the Chargers, and that might be just about it. Yeah, because, and that's the thing is they're almost like a better version of the Raiders. Yeah, where when you expect good things they lay an egg, and mm-hmm. when you expect them to regress, they they bring it. And they lost to the Raiders. So when you're talking about these, when you're talking about the the Ravens, besides oh they they beat the Ra- uh, Raiders. No, they lost the Monday Night Football in week one, remember? Oh, geez, you're right. Damn. So when you're talking about... That was two months ago, man. Give when me you're a break. talking about the Ravens, if you actually think... if you, I think if you actually look back on it, um, who have they beaten by by double digits? Just the Chargers, maybe. So Yeah, they did look good against the Chargers. So I'm just saying, like... And this is a Miami team that can't get out of its own way. So everyone expects this to probably be a blowout and for some reason this will just come around and and Miami will somehow put a game together no you're right I I can't argue I I love to argue with you but I can't argue with anything you said something caught my eye Lamar Jackson's rushing yards are 62 and a half does that interest you I mean it's a a high number but he's been blowing it away it's right around where it should be but he has been blowing it away but um nothing to see here no I mean it's actually you I would say you probably can bet that because I think there's only been one or one game this whole year he hasn't done that. So I would say, why not? You know, and I, don't don't quote me on that because I don't have the stats right in front of well, me. Well, this is being recorded. Yes, it's being re- okay. Well, quote me on it, but also I'm telling you right now, there's no off the record. I don't buddy. have I don't have the actual <laughs> I don't have the actual stats in front of me to verify that that's actually happened. But I feel like every single time you've watched Lamar Jackson play, I think he's probably only missed this one time. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, one other thing to call my um, Gasicki, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins, is receiving totals 53.5, which is high for a tight end, mm-hmm. but they are 31st against tight ends. Uh, Conklin went over his receptions and receiving yards last week. So just something to keep in mind. All right, so give me something that you're actually – you're saying Gasicki is what you're looking at as far as I, – I think if I'm going to place a bet on this game, I'm going to take over Gasicki's rush yard, or receiving yards – now, I don't like to bet in favor of guys on my fantasy teams because then if that doesn't hit, I've lost my bet and lost my fantasy, yeah. you know. But that's the one thing that caught my eye when reviewing this game on DraftKings that, mm-hmm. that I like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have any interest in this game at all. I, I don't. You're I, still going to watch. I will watch the game. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I just don't – I don't have a good – Good, good uh, vibe on this game in either direction. All right, um, for let's get to the fantasy starts and sits. I think for Baltimore's usual suspects, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, and Mark Andrews. You are, uh, are you going to start giving some love to Rashad Bateman now? 
uh, I don't know if there's enough. I mean, I'm going to give him love that he should be on your roster. I don't know that I can start him with confidence yet because I don't think they pass enough to add a third element with consistency. How about how about in the fact that the last three weeks you have double-digit point totals for pretty much almost every Baltimore running back? So do you start those guys? No. I, I mean... I'm, I'm playing I, I devil's advocate. No, I'm just throwing it out saying. there. I, if you're in a deep league, you might be in a situation, say you've got Mixon... And Chubb just went on, like I said, I, I have Mixon and Chubb. Mixon's on a bye and Chubb just had COVID. So I could see a scenario where somebody might have to go Devonta Freeman. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this late in the season with the teams that are on bye coming up not being that fantasy relevant, you'd have to be in a pretty deep, desperate situation to go to trust Devonta Freeman because I don't know. I just don't think there's enough mouths to feed offensively to trust starting them with confidence. Mm-hmm. And for the Dolphins... I mean, well, I, I shouldn't just brush that off. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you got a spot in a, if you got a spot in a flex because of buys and stuff like that, and you're you're holding on to Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell, I mean, if if you're not going to start him this week, then you, there's no point in having him on your team. Yeah, you're right. Um, for Miami, I'm thinking Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean no, I mean, I, I'm I'm saying yeah because. I don't really have any other options here. I mean, Miles Gaskin is is okay. Miles Gaskin put up a ton of points against Tampa Bay, and that's it. I'm just saying that if if if, uh, if history repeats itself, it would probably be in this game in complete garbage time. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, we we but we've run pretty long on a on a uh, a week nine that was crazy. A lot of low-scoring fantasy games. That's what I'm saying. The, I, I yeah, mean, you know, in a PPR league, mm-hmm. there was a 70 to 60 game. Yeah, I mean, you don't see that. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I mean, I had Brady Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> I had Tyrod Taylor quarterbacks. I had Tom Brady was on a bye. Terry McLaren was on a bye. Uh, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I saw some. I yeah. saw our, our standard in our other stand in our standard league. We had. Uh, somebody put up fifty points. Yeah, I mean it's it's been. It's, well, that's the thing is when when the Bills lay an egg and the Cowboys lay an egg mm-hmm. and you know the Rams you know lay an egg. I mean, there's, there's only so much to go around. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for uh, checking in, um, for listening to us. We appreciate it, Tim. Anything uh, anything you wanted to add to this? No, we'll see you on Friday. Yeah, I mean, uh, college basketball started today. I mean, we're just there's just a lot of good stuff going on in sports and gambling. Um, always a lot of look, good boosts and promos yeah. on the sites. Check out your boosts. Check out your promos. Um, bet responsibly. Win some money, hopefully. We'll see you guys uh, on Friday for the preview. Yeah!